Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine, Woody. How you doing, Woody? Woody is such a handsome guy, isn't he? So if you're watching this on video, my YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor, you can see Woody in the shot, who's here Oh, just about every show. So he is the dog that ensures the continuity of the show. So let's get right into it. Today's show, or this segment of the PBO podcast, Politics Brownlicker, is on polling. We are two weeks out. Two weeks. 14 days to the election. and I mean, it's, it's hard to believe we're finally here. It really is. I mean, it seems like it's been forever. It seems like one of those elections that have gone on forever, but we are two weeks out. So what are the developments that are going into two weeks? We had the president come down with the COVID-19, coronavirus, China virus, Wuhan virus, and seems to have completely overcome it and is out campaigning vigorously. We have his challenger, former Vice President Joe Biden. He's hiding. He's, he's, he's hiding. He's put a lid on it. He's not going to come out of his campaign clover until the debate on Thursday. That debate is at 9 o'clock. So we are not going to see Joe Biden until... 9 p.m. Thursday. Unbelievable. I said it before. I said it again. This is unprecedented. So, you know, whether or not his strategy is a good one and it works, we don't know. We are about to find out, but uh, here's, here's where we're at. We've got a vice president, uh, former vice president of the United States running for president who's not campaigning. And then you got Trump out there doing some retail politics. So we're going to get into that national number, which I don't follow. As I tell you, the national polls are useless, but we'll bring up those numbers. I'm going to get into uh, a little bit of the House races. Not a lot of hope there, people. I'm just going to put that right out there. Uh, and then the Senate races, then we'll get into those battleground states, which are the key to this race. I do not believe this is going to be a landslide for Trump. This is a margins election. It's, it's a fight to the end. I just do not believe he's going to landslide it. So let's get into it. What I'm going to do, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen so you see how I go through my process. I use real clear politics. I'm just a layman doing this. I don't have behind the scene polling. Uh, you know, the, the campaigns, they don't release their their internal polling uh, because they don't want to. They, if it's good for them, they'll leak it. But and if it's bad for them, they won't leak it. So what we have is what, just what's out on the service. And I find that real clear politics does a pretty decent job. Uh, what they are is an aggregate. They, they are not a polling site. They're an aggregate. They bring all the polls that's done on this election together and just give you an average. So uh, if you want to kind of get a better idea of what's going on, well, that's that's all you do is you just you look at well that's the best you can do I guess I should say not all you can do is look at real clear politics because uh, and they do a pretty good job it's a very easy site to maneuver and manage so let's talk about it let's talk about the uh, general election right now the um, the national polling and before I you know get deep into all this polling and is I want to address something that I'm seeing on the social media sites and that is there's a lot of people out there that are saying that this is going to be a landslide election and there's a lot of people out there saying that Trump is going to win California because of the rallies and the size of the rallies and Trump going to California campaigning which is most you know traditionally Republican candidates don't go to California to campaign because they're not going to win the state. So because Trump's going to 
California campaigning because the rallies are so big and they are, it's, it's, it's unprecedented, the rallies, but California is not going to go red. Now there's a reason, there's strategic reasons why Trump's doing what he's doing is if he can get enough of the Republican vote out in California, he could sway the popular vote to his favor. He lost the popular vote in 2016 because of California. California, I think, had a two million or three million vote increase over what he had in 2016. So, if California, uh, you know, if that delta just shrank to very minimal, two million Republicans came out, he would have also won the popular vote. So he's doing this because he knows that if he can take away that popular vote canard from the left, they have less to bitch about. Sorry for the language after the election when he wins, if he wins, God willing. So another thing, too, is there are some um, um, congressional seats that are in play in California. So he's out there trying to help them as well. But but I believe primarily is if he can get enough Republican voters in the state of California to come out, well, he wins the popular vote as well as the Electoral College. So it makes a lot of sense. Plus, I I actually think it's... um, commendable that a president, a Republican president, is actually going out into a state he's not going to win. But he's not going to win. He's not going to win California. He's going to do better in California, and he's going to do better in California because of his efforts and his retail politicking in California. All right, so let's get into it. General election numbers, again, I've often said are worthless numbers because they poll states like California, New York. They they skew the numbers. The, The popular vote it's meaningless in a presidential election. All it is is a popularity contest. Now, of course, we know this president likes his popularity. But uh, Biden slipped. He doesn't have a double-digit lead anymore. I told you guys that as we get closer to the election, the polls are going to tighten. Well, the polls are tightening. Uh, he, Biden has a lead. He's 8.9% up. So if you look at it right now, Biden's at 51.3%, Trump's 42.4%. So Biden's got an 8.9 lead nationally. But that, that, has, that has closed. Um, this time last week, he had a 10.2% lead. So the national polls are tightening. Again, the reason I bring this up is follow the trends. It's all about the trends. It's not about the poll numbers. It's about the trends. It's a break in one way or the other for one of the other candidates because, you know, polling is a, it's, it's a formula. It's not an exact science because they don't ask everybody across the nation and everybody can't answer. So, so you got to look at the trends and the trends, even nationally, they don't look good for Biden. So before I get into the battleground states, because that's where this is all, that's where you win or lose this. Uh, let's look at the, <clears throat> let's look at the house, the house, the Republicans need 21 seats to flip the House, and I just don't see that happen. There are 18 toss-up seats for Democrats, and there are 15 toss-up seats for Republicans. So, and again, this is according to Real Clear Politics and their aggregate polling. So you, you'd have to have all of those Democrat toss-ups go Republican, all of those Republican toss-ups uh, stay Republican, and then you'd have to have some of those lean, likely lean Democrat uh, at least three of those likely lean Democrats or leans Democrats to flip over to the House. While Trump or the Republicans could possibly increase their number in the House, I just don't see them winning the House. I mean, I would, I like them too, 
but I just don't see it happening. So I'm not going to put a whole lot of time into that. Into the Senate now, this is where it's it's iffy. The Democrats um, have 47 seats that look like they're going to have. The Republicans have 46, and there are seven toss-ups. So I, here's where I see it's going to happen in the Senate. I think the Republicans keep the Senate, but they're going to lose a couple of seats. They may lose three seats. Uh, you know, they've got as toss up Purdue here in Georgia. He's going to win his race. He's running against John Ossoff. He's going to win. But uh, Kelly Loeffler in Georgia might lose the race because Doug Collins, Republican congressman, got into the race because he wanted that seat. This is a special election because uh, this is to replace Johnny Isaacson. And Collins just might be throwing this seat to the Democrats. He's a good Republican, but this is a bad move on his part, a bad move on his part. Uh, a little backstory on this, but I won't get too deep into it. Johnny Isaacson had to step down due to health issues. The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, placed Kelly Loeffler in there in the position. Collins wanted it, didn't get it, so he's running against her. And then you got three Democrats running. Two are getting no traction, and one is actually polling ahead of everybody else. So Loeffler, I believe, should be the one that I, I think I think Collins it was a bad mistake on Collins and a lot of respect lost because we're going to potentially lose that seat because of his actions. Uh, Joni Ertz had a really good debate against her her challenger, so she could keep her seat. Collins, I think, is toast up in Maine. And then in Michigan, you've got a pretty hotly contested race between the incumbent Gary Peters, who's a Democrat, and John James, who's a Republican. But Peters is up 4.3%. Where I see hope in this one is the Trafalgar group has uh, James up. So we could get that one, the Republicans, when I say we. Not really a Republican, but I do, I guess you could say, caucus with them. I'm a registered libertarian. Uh, and we will also, the Republicans will also pick up uh, the seat in Alabama. So that's two p seats they're going to pick up, but they're going to lose uh, McSally potentially in Arizona, Gardner in Colorado. So that's two. Uh, I, I, and Collins, I think, are the seats that the Republicans are going to lose. So that's three, and it'll put them down to 50. Actually, it's, there's another one, too. I think they may, they may lose uh, Montana. Uh, Steve Daines, who's the incumbent Republicans, running against Steve Bullock. And I'm sorry, I'm wrong on that. Totally wrong. I, I got mixed up. Daines is up 3.3. Daines is going to keep his seat. Uh, but I, I see potentially four seats going. And uh, those four seats are McSally, Garner, uh, McSally, Arizona, Garner on Colorado, Collins in Maine, and unfortunately, Loeffler in Georgia. So the Republicans have currently 53. That Losing those four drops them to 42, 49, but we pick up Alabama, which puts it at 50, and possibly pick up Michigan. It's looking pretty good in Michigan, and that puts uh, the Republicans at 51. I think Purdue holds on. I think Ernest holds on. I think Danes holds on. I think Tillis in North Carolina, for a minute there, Tillis was polling pretty badly, but his opponent, Cal Cunningham in North Carolina, and I'm talking about Tom Tillis in North Carolina, Republican incumbent. Cal Cunningham is uh, rolled up in a sex scandal that is pretty bad for him because it has something to do with his military affiliation. So that's hurting him. And I think Graham in um, South Carolina keeps his seat. So I believe at the end of the day, the Republicans do not win back the House and they keep the Senate by a slim margin. Let's get into 
the battleground states. This is where the rubber meets the road. Currently, according to Real Clear Politics, there are six battleground states. As you recall, President Trump won the election because he won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. He won them by very razor slim margins, either 0.3% or 7%. And there's battleground states, this go around too. So in, I'll tell you right up off the bat, the trends look good for Trump in the uh, battleground states. Uh, Trump is trending positively. Right now, Biden is up 4% in the battleground states. Each day, he's lost a little bit. So you're pretty close to the margin of error in a lot of these states. But here's the thing. Uh, With the exception of a couple of them, Biden is underperforming where Hillary Clinton was this time in 2016. That's the positive trend that you want to look at. So uh, let's get into it. Florida, right now Biden is up 1.4%. He's, he's not going to win Florida. The Trafalgar Group, yes, I put a lot of stock in them because they're right most of the time. Has Trump up 2%, and Trump has been just blowing up in the Florida polls because he's been doing a lot of rallies in the Florida polls too. This time last week, Biden was up 3.5% in Florida, and he's lost that much of a lead. Now, uh, it, Trump won Florida by 1.2% last time. At this point in time, it was all it was back and forth between Trump and Clinton at this point in time. But Clinton was up. Clinton was up four percent, three percent, three percent. It wasn't until uh, late into October did Trump start polling ahead on some polls, not all, and ultimately won their state at one point two percent. Florida is trending very, very strongly towards Trump. Now, uh, you know, it's often said that. If you don't win Florida, you don't win the presidency, and no presidency has ever won the presidency without winning Florida. Florida looks good for Trump. Good. Pennsylvania, this is a, a razor-thin one. He, he, Trump, won it last time at 0.7. Biden right now leads at 3.8, but he has dropped in the polls. Trump's gone up, and Biden has dropped. This time last week, uh, Biden was up 7.3%. This is his hometown, our home state. He's his grandkid, and the trends look horrible for him in Pennsylvania. So I, I'm at this point in time, it looks great for Trump in Pennsylvania. So even the Trafalgar Group is pulled there. They got Trump up 1%, and his poll numbers have just shot up. So remember, we got this. Biden's from Pennsylvania, and uh, he's, he should be blowing it away. At this point in time, last election cycle, Clinton was up. Four, three, six, seven percent. So I think uh, Trump has a. I, I think Trump has Pennsylvania. I, I just think that's one of Pen, that's Trump's. Trump's Trump's going to get Pennsylvania, Michigan. Let's go to Michigan again. Trafalgar groups. This is where their claim to fame came from. Last time they called it for Michigan, and they they got Trump up one percent. So right now, Biden is leading Michigan by 7.3%. So he's got a pretty significant lead, but you got a couple polls that have him up 10%, 11%. And of course, Trafalgar Group got him up 1%. This time, last go around for Clinton. And remember, these are the three states now, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, that Clinton didn't campaign. Clinton was up 8%, 7%, 6%. And one poll here, 13% around this time, this same time last go round. So Biden is underperforming where Hillary Clinton was in Michigan as well. This is a very good trend for Trump. Very good. Wisconsin, Biden's up 6.2%. 
both men have been kind of flat this time in 20 in October 12th or last week, Biden was up 6.3. So this one's kind of flat. So if you look at uh, the 2016, Trump won that by 0.7%. This is that razor thin battleground state. And around this time, Clinton was up 5%, 7%, 8%, 6%. So it, this is the one that's going to be razor thin again. So Trump may not win Wisconsin this time, but at this point in time, it's too razor thin to call. The trends are flat. There's not a positive trend for Biden. There's not a positive trend for Trump here. I guess the positive trend for Trump here is that it's not a negative trend. And now, <clears throat> but Wisconsin, if this trend holds, Trump wins it by a razor thin margin, but I think he's increased his margin in Michigan, and I think he's increased his margin in Pennsylvania from last time. North Carolina, Trump is a he won that by point three. Or I'm sorry, three point seven last time. And North Carolina, Biden is trending right now in the aggregate polls up two percent, and he has been dropping in the polls. A lot of people have been wondering about this state. Last week, Biden was up two point seven percent went up and then dropped back down. Trump's gone back up. So this one, the polling's all over the place. And, you know, this because, um, you know, they've got a lot of demographic shifts in there. But this is one that I believe, if you look at it, Clinton was not as is trending slightly below where Biden is right now. So this is one where Biden does have a little bit of an edge. Uh, there's a poll about this time last cycle where Trump was up 3%, but Clinton primarily is up 2%, 1%. There was one poll at 7%. So North Carolina, it doesn't look great for Trump, but Biden's only up 2%. You know, and any of these pollings give the Republicans 2%, and I think Trump wins North Carolina, but by a razor thin margin. I don't think he's going to get it for the same margin he got last time. And then Arizona, the trends have been phenomenal for Trump. Uh, even right now, well, Biden's up 3.1. The Trafalgar group has Trump up 4%, but the trends for Trump have just been going up. This is a state I was very, very worried about uh, a number of weeks ago, but Trump just, the, the polling keeps inching up and inching up and inching up. And I believe he's going to get Arizona. And this time, last go round, Trump was up 1%. Clinton, here's one poll, 5%. But I think Trump pulls out Arizona. Is it wishful thinking? No. The trends just look very, very good for Trump. They started to turn back around September 10, where Biden had a 5.7% lead. And it's uh, Trump's been going up and Biden's been going up and down, up and down, up and down. So where does this all fall? Well, I believe at this point in time with the Electoral College, because that's what it is all about, is Trump wins 234. Let me get my, my very scientific sheet. If you're watching this on the YouTube, you're going to see this amazing graphic I put together. Hold on. Here it is. Look at that amazing graphic. Isn't that amazing? Uh, you know, this costs a lot of money, this graphic. So if you're, you're listening to this on the podcast, honestly, you got to get on YouTube. You got to see this just, you can, you can hear the quality of this amazing graphic. Um, I'm joking. It's just a notepad, a yellow notepad, a paper, a legal pad. I am predicting that Trump is going to accumulate 324 electoral votes. Obviously, that gives him the win because he needs 270 to win. Uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, when I first wrote this, Pennsylvania, I wasn't too sure about. It was on the fence, but I don't think it is. So really, it's Wisconsin and that is one that is on the fence because it's so razor thin. But if he loses Wisconsin, he still wins the election. So if you look at the 
the six battleground states, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Arizona, uh, the one right now that is really just a flat trend is Wisconsin. All the others are trending better towards Trump. So, and, and I get a lot of pushback on this saying, wait a minute, how can you sit here and say that Trump is trending better in these states when Biden is up in the polls? Well, it's very easy, actually. Uh, you Like I said, look at the trends. Don't look at the polling. Look at the trends. Where was Hillary Clinton this time last time? Where was Trump this time last time? How is Biden and Trump comparing to those? And the trends look favorable to Trump. Biden is underperforming where Hillary Clinton was in the battleground states. Like there was just an update now. Florida, Biden is only up by 1%. 1%. So he's uh, up now. The uh, uh, Real Clear Politics just updated uh, Biden's aggregate now for the battleground states. He's up three point nine percent. So he was up four percent just a second ago, and they just updated to today, October twentieth. And Biden now lost even a little bit. It's chipping away, ladies and gentlemen. It's chipping away. It is chipping away, and that's what you want to look for. Again, remember, and this has happened almost every single time, is the, the, t the polls tighten as you get close to the election because these pollsters, they make money not by throwing this poll out. These polls they do just to garner business. They make money by providing services, their polling services to businesses and other political entities outside of elections. And if their polling looks really, really bad, who's going who's gonna to hire them? So the polls always tighten, always tighten as we get closer to the election. And they seem to always favor the Republican candidates. So rest your weary heart. Uh, this, the, the trends are very positive for Trump. And we've got a couple of things going on. We got Trump out there campaigning, doing uh, retail politics, vigorously campaigning and having rallies. He's out there. You know, we got a debate coming up Thursday. This could change directory, direction of everything as well. Um, and then we got Biden who's basically hiding. So, you know, the, the parallels to the 2016 election and the 2020 election are that the Democrat candidates for the presidency are not campaigning in certain areas. Hillary Clinton lost the election because she did not campaign in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. And she didn't campaign in those states because she thought she had them in the bag. She thought they were solid Democrat Rust Belt states, and she didn't have to campaign for them. And she outraised Trump two to one. Biden is not campaigning at all, at all. And when he does campaign, his rallies pull just hardly – anything they pull you know 10 they, they don't even pull dozens of people in a lot of cases in fact his rallies there are more sometimes republicans at his rallies than there are democrats so there's no enthusiasm for biden none and there's a ton of enthusiasm for trump and then the the hunter biden email scandal it's drip, drip, dripping out. There's more coming out. There's something that just saw, they don't have this pulled up, where it explains that $3.5 million that Hunter Biden received from the Russian oligarch, the, the wife of the deceased mayor of Moscow. That is going to keep dripping, dripping, and dripping. And it'll drip just enough to give some people pause on whether or not they want to vote for Joe Biden. That, that's all that's needed.
Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Two weeks out, so I'll do another one of these on Tuesday, and then maybe on Election Day, we'll see where the numbers are for the merits, even just talking about them. It may just be, hey, let's focus on getting the vote out. If you know people that are on the fence, have a conversation with them. And if you have, are you in a state, if you are in one of those states that, a blue state, Washington, Oregon, California, it is vital, vital that if you are a conservative, that you do go out and get out and vote. Because we don't need this uh, popular vote canard hanging over this election like last time. Let's knock that out of the park. Even if you are in a conservative state, and I know I got listeners in these, um, I'm sorry, Democrat states. I got listeners in Democrat states. So please, please, please get out and vote. And if you are some of my listeners internationally, hey, drop me an email of what you want to see in the American political commentary because I'm getting quite a few uh, listeners from uh, overseas. So thank you very much for that. Again, thank you for listening to the PBO podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.